This is the Right Guys Podcast, where we're so part of the right, we just walk in the circle. And now, your host, Max McGuire, and Joe Chandler. Marhaban, Bikum, Bill Podcast, Isni Max McGuire, Ismuhu, Producer Josh, Al-Yam, Yam Jihad. Josh, uh, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here today. Today is the day of jihad, so we are wearing our um, day of rage camouflage, mm-hmm. so that uh, we can slip through unnoticed. Uh, Josh, have you been out? You've been out and about today, right? Yeah. Well, the only thing camouflaged to me right now is my double chin, so that's where I'm going to start. <laughs> well, <listen. laughs> I have. I've been out and about today. You, you, bet. you, you take the, the wins where we can get them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you noticed more people carrying? I was in Costco earlier, and I'm always keeping an eye out for just like yeah. what's going on around me. And yeah. I noticed everyone was carrying. Yeah. It seemed like everyone. I saw a lady with a gun in her purse, um, an old man with a gun. In Texas, we have now permitless carry. So the good thing about that is when you see something like this come up where everyone's like, hey, keep your head on a swivel. If you can legally own a gun, you can legally conceal carry a gun. But you can notice if you look around and you see people printing, people not really concealing it well. Um, have you? Did you notice any of that today? Just when I was getting gas uh, and at the store and when I was getting coffee and when I got into the office today and when I was driving around. Yeah, it, it looked like there was a lot of uh, a lot of people who decided that uh, they were going to make sure they could protect themselves today. You know what I mean? And yeah. When you've got a global terrorist group saying that they're going to attack, well, I didn't say attack, but at least go out in the streets and march and do some crazy things, you know, that uh, that would make me want to make sure that I could protect myself too. And I mean, can you blame them? I, I, with all the stuff going on in our world today, when they tell you they want to do something, you said if they say it, what they are, then believe them, right? Yeah. And if they call for it, believe them. They're, they're, they're telling people to get out. And 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 to do the show, oh man, this thing gets so hot. That's the other thing. How you can do take it off. These things get so warm. We're, we can wear it smokes. as a. Uh, we can wear it as just like a little scarf. It is. It's actually pretty warm as a scarf. I like that. That doesn't yeah. look bad on me. I gotta admit. I'm not. I'm not unconvinced that you don't just have a really big napkin. <laughs> you know? Do you think Amazon would lie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. I, I kind of like the way it looks, but yeah, uh, so it, how was it in Texas? I mean, when you're out your way, usually everybody's got a healthy number of guns on them, probably. But today yeah. it was a little bit extra, right? I mean, is that <clears throat> what you were feeling? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I, I noticed it. I noticed that people like I notice when people are. So if you don't, people don't know, it's usually called like printing when you have a concealed weapon under your clothes, but it's not really concealed well, and you can definitely see that there's a gun under your shirt or there's a gun in your uh, in your waistband. I, I just noticed today a lot of people printing, mm-hmm. and more than I've noticed before. And I only went to a couple stores, but uh, Josh is abandoning. Oh, it's abandoning. hot, man. Good Lord, <laughs> that hot. thing is warm. <laughs> Listen, before anyone thinks this is a joke, this is um, appropriating someone's culture, um, I lived in the Middle East for uh, three months, and I wore this same kafia all over the Middle East as I'm traveling. There's me um, in Jordan. Yeah, is uh, that Petra? Yeah, Petra. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so there's me in Wadi Rum, which is a big desert in Jordan on the top of a big sand dune, and then me on a camel. So like, I, uh, I this this is. I feel like I earned a little bit of street cred to be aware. I don't wear this when I'm doing yard work or anything like that. No, no, no. But, I uh, wouldn't do that in Texas. I, I, I have a brown one. I have a brown one yeah. that I'll wear because what I found is, like, when I wear that, when I would wear that in the desert, I never got sunburned. Even my face yeah. didn't get sunburned because it was over a little bit. So sometimes when I'm wearing yard work, I'll just take a – it's more of like a special forces sure, looking sure. one, like yeah. the brown and army green. But uh, um, I love it. And the red is traditionally – the one I'm wearing is Josh is wearing a black Amazon special ISIS, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> red is traditionally for like the Gulf, uh, like so like Qatar, um, Dubai, that kind of stuff. 
black and white is traditionally for the Palestinian movement. Um, so I made sure not to buy that one. Got it. Um, so what's your command of the language like? I mean, could you go have a conversation there? Can you go order food? I, or? I could. I could. Really? Like when wow. I lived there, wow. I, I could. Um, it's weird. In Lebanon, in, in, in Lebanon, Lebanon was a French colony for the longest time. I, I lived in Beirut. So mm -hmm. there's like a meld of the languages. Mm -hmm. So like if you were s greeting someone, you actually use all three languages at once sometimes. You'd be like, hello, kifak sava. So kifak is how are you and como sava is French and hello is English. So you'd be like, hi, kifak sava. And it's like, that's their slang. It's all three at once. Wow. So it was, Interesting. I don't speak, I don't speak any French. So I learned a little bit of French when I was over there. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I'll yeah. tell you, I've been watching Al Jazeera and I've been trying to watch Al Jazeera Arabic. And it's amazing how fast your brain can pick it back up. Yeah. It's like yeah. I, I did four years of Arabic. Uh, well, it was three years in college and then study abroad was a whole year and three months. Um, well, so we yeah. learned like, like the important words like terrorist attack and bombing. We didn't learn like the animals the way you wouldn't like <laughs> Spanish or like, right. like different things like different articles of clothing and different parts of like furniture and things. No, we skipped up. right to like down. how to talk about and read the news. Like how do I get to the embassy? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's amazing how watching it, I can just start. I'm not there, I'm, but I can hear it very well. Sure. And, uh, and I opened in Arabic, which was cool. That's those that was. Words, that's why when I was like, "Wow, Max, Max," I, re I was going to bring it up, but you brought it up yourself, and I was like, "Yeah, you know that. You know the language. You you studied abroad, and that was cool." So yeah, I mean, I, I, I all I said was, "My name is Max, and your name is Producer Josh." I kind of got that <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it... which I told you at the start when I gave you that Arabic for your Chiron, I was yeah. trying to figure out which word to use. There's for different producer. words in Arabic for producers. I've settled on al-muntaj al because that is like the guy who produces things, but it's also a little bit of a compliment because it's like the procreator. So you're like procreator Josh. <laughs> I'm going to accept so, that Because you produce. <laughs> I, uh, I do. That's I do. a lot more I exciting do. than being yeah. like, like yeah. a producer well, for like a Broadway show. Right. You're the procreator. Contextually, it just means I'm the procreator. Yeah, yeah. I'm the procreator, yeah. damn it. I'm the procreator. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a business card. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a procreator. Yeah. Procreate. Excuse what do you do? Me? I procreate. I procreate. You, you make well, kit like. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we got to get into some serious stuff. But before we get off of kind of the little bit of the fun little bit, did you have a chance to see what happened to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? She was crying on the floor about. She Some was funding for uh, Israel a billion dollars for something. So yeah, that that yeah, I saw that. She, she was like, <laughs> she also did a video from I guess her office, uh -huh. and I had to double check to make sure this was real. She farted in the middle of it, and <laughs> <Bullshit>. <laughs> I was convinced. <laughs> I was convinced it was fake. Like it sounds yeah. like someone dubbed it. Like is it? It's not. It's I pulled this right from her official Twitter, not one of the parody ones from her official twitter let's let's i'll, I'll play it and i'll fast forward a little bit okay the united states has a responsibility to ensure accountability to human rights to prevent the ethnic cleansing of palestinians and to ensure that horrors do not happen in the names of victims who do not want their tragedy mm. to be used to justify <laughs> further crazy. violence no, and injustice right <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it almost sounds like it's like it's a radio program laugh it track kind of like soundboard. You bet. Like an E-bombs world old school soundboard used for like crank calls. Um, I'm really dating myself with that reference. Um, yeah. But it reminded me of this unforgettable moment with um, the, the fang fang bang er himself. Eric's remember he had his, his Eric mistress. Swalwell. Oh, yeah. Fang Eric, Swal Eric Swalwell. Uh, it's uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. <laughs> and the complaint that I've heard from. <laughs> and this one is obvious because he actually like went with it. You can feel it. it it's almost like it tried to lift him out of orbit. Yeah, you can yeah. see he actually got a little bit of air. Um, <laughs> That's 
so gross. I mean, <laughs> that's I not reminding me. I, I don't think I could go on TV again if I did that, Max. Like, you know what I mean? I I, I would just be so embarrassed. I, I I wouldn't even go back to a place. I don't know. And then and then I got down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And then who could forget no. when Jerry Nadler allegedly <laughs> shit himself? <laughs> right. Oh, you've got to play. Yeah, I got here. I love how they pan out so they catch him waddling off stage. Um, that (laughs) the unmistakable look of a man who's trying to stop something from going down his leg. Unmistakable. Listen, we we can all be we can all be mature here. Right. The only you way know I know that, what you, you know just what that looks is like. true is because I've done the walk. Like, yeah, that, that's the clutch, <laughs> and <laughs> hoping it doesn't come out. Don't get worse. Don't get yeah. worse. Don't get worse. Oh no! Down the yeah. leg, right? Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah, no. and, <laughs> and that's the kind there. of thing. We're like, oh, that's not what happened to him. Like, oh yeah, we know. We know <laughs> yeah. what happened to him. Come on. It's me made every effort to make sure that his backside did not face the camera. Yeah, and the yeah. look on his face yeah, <laughs> when the eyebrows go up, we've all made it like, oh, yeah. <laughs> here yeah. we go. Yeah. And I, I still, oh. I love how the camera zooms out, like thinking it's something important. Right. Like like, he's going, he's going to like change. He's going to change what's on the easel, the right. easel or something. <laughs> but uh, no, he's just, like, uh-uh. he's got to go. Whoever that producer um, is, be like, man, like, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, that that's the end of the funny stuff. We gotta get that out of the way Dad, because, um, yeah. listen, laughter is is the best medicine for a lot of this. And yes. if I'm this I'm this way, my wife sometimes hates it. Where if uh if I'm angry or I'm stressed or something, I just go to laughter, go to humor yeah. to try and uh try and mask that you got to find a way to laugh because what's happening is so terrible they're still finding more bodies in israel um they found this they they found this case um uh this was a story in cbs news 10 month year old 10 month old israeli twins were found hidden and unharmed in a kibbutz a little settlement town village where Hamas massacred their parents and beheaded children. They were hidden away by their parents so that they could survive. And the Israelis found them um, and obviously saved them. But uh, it's just, you see these and it, it just tears, it tears at you because the war is war, right? If, if, if you're a soldier and you're in war, you understand that there's a high likelihood you might not be coming home. But to just be at home with your family and to have terrorists running down the road in your village massacring everyone, it's just it's such an affront. And and to see to see like Harvard, the students at Harvard endorsing it, saying that uh, that resistance is resistance and it's justified giving what has, ha- has happened to the Palestinian people. It's just it's so hard. It's so hard to stomach it and to accept it. And like you said. Um, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Everyone who is coming down on the side of Palestine right now, or of, on the side of Hamas, because you can support the people of Palestine, Palestine who have less to do with this than Hamas itself, but to come down on the side of Hamas and to do what Black Lives Matter Chicago did and post the picture of the Hamas terrorist and the paraglider, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's terrible. So... When, you, when we see people like this, you have to believe them. When they're telling you who they really are, what's in their heart, you have to believe them. And I applaud all the major corporations that have come out and now refuse to hire anyone who signed that Harvard list. Yeah. Um, make them unhirable. Well, first off, what a miracle that those two survived. So thank God for that one. You know what I mean? Imagine having to stow your babies away because people are... are setting them on fire and chopping their heads off and killing you because you exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? In those final moments, their thought was how to protect their babies. So, and they did, they did. So, you know, I salute them on that one. Like they are the, that is what every parent would do. You know what I mean? Which is heart wrenching. And think of the fear they were experiencing in those moments. So much fear that, they had to hide their children. They had to get in the house. 
they probably did everything in their power to keep themselves away from the kids as once they were hit. You know, we don't know the details, but that's what people had to do. There were terrorists walking through the streets telling you they will, they want to kill you. And then they do. Yeah. I mean, think about that. They, they, this is, this is a travesty that you, you just can't put words to. I mean, this is stuff that only happens in once a generation. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. There are tragic pictures um, coming out of Palestine of, mm. of babies and kids who have been injured and killed in bombings. And that's, that's heartbreaking as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally heartbreaking. Yeah. What I have a problem with is when you see things like this videos put out by Hamas showing that they are literally bringing kids yeah. into their HQs babies in little bassinets right there. And they're, they're literally using them as human shields. Don't believe it. These people are not babysitting these kids. They're not trying to take care of these kids. There's only one reason those kids were brought into that Hamas uh, location. And that was to make sure that everyone knows, and they videotaped it to make sure everyone knows there's kids here. You bomb this location, you're going to kill kids. Right? It's the same reason that the headquarters of Hamas is located inside of the Al-Shifa hospital. Like, just just think about this. How many times in the news are you hearing, like, the hospital is is damaged in bombing? And, oh, those terrible Israelis, they've, they've targeted the hospital because they want to kill the injured. No, Hamas has headquartered itself in the Al-Shifa hospital. And, yes, they use part of the hospital for torture um, so like, it, th- this isn't, um, this isn't not making this up. This is a well-known fact, right? So heart goes out to everyone on, on any side who's innocent and is hurting this, but there's only one party to this conflict that is deliberately keeping children and innocent people in the line of fire. And that's Hamas. I mean, Israel told everyone in Northern Gaza to evacuate. We're coming in. And Gaza wouldn't, uh, Hamas wouldn't let them. Said, no, you're staying here. Why would Hamas give up their human shields? I mean, that, that, that's their bread and butter. So the, you got to always dig a little deeper under the surface. Mm-hmm. I saw one video. I didn't pull it because I, I, I didn't want to accidentally show a dead child. But there's Trying a video making the rounds that people are saying this is a, this is a doll that Hamas mm-hmm. is using dolls that they've smeared with blood as stand-ins for dead children. Now, it looked a lot like a doll, but on the off chance that I could be wrong, I don't want to put that on the screen. Yeah. But that's also what's happening here. Oh. This is, a, this is a, absolutely a propaganda war. And the last episode, yeah. I showed you how they had a rocket battery right next to a mosque and right next mm-hmm. to a, a school. Mm-hmm. That's on purpose so that when the bombs drop, they damage the mosque, damage the school, and they can use that for their propaganda war. Disgusting. I mean, that's just disgusting. I mean, hiding behind children? The lowest uh, of the low. Lowest of the low. Yeah, and then just watching you know, some of those propaganda videos they put out, highly produced, where are they getting all this money to make these kind of super videos from to show what they do, man? Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is there's no end to the people that will play them in, on plate in places. Right. I mean, they get them somewhere through the internet. So where, where do all people that watch those get them all from when it happens? Yeah. Well, they have a network of producers and uh, <laughs> video and, and video editors that produce this. Listen, some of the, some of the catchiest music, Arabic music I've ever heard yeah. was produced by ISIS. It had some of the catchiest beats because they had a whole network of, of people who would write songs and the lyrics are terrible, right? But if you don't know Arabic and you hear it, you're like, oh man, that's catchy. You, you find yourself yeah. humming it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure you know what song I'm talking about. Um, it, was like their, it was like their anthem. Um, I, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, it's escaping me at the moment. I can't help it. I'm not going to because I'm not going to 
Yeah. Well, you 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 brought up as we were getting ready to come on the Hamas water pipe video. Yeah, that one. Especially. And just why don't you set set the stage? What happened? Everyone knows Hamas uh, Palestine doesn't have water. Israel cut it, yeah. the water off to Palestine. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone why Palestine doesn't have its own water infrastructure. Well, uh, they use the metal pipes to create rockets that they can then shoot into Israel. So they take the essentially what is all the water from the people that would be there because you, if you don't have the pipes, you can't access the water, right? And Israel has been supplying them water for decades, as far as I know. But they take the pipes out, they make those rockets, and then we're always asked for a bunch of money as to why we, we need to fix their infrastructure. You know, it's because the, the piping is always broken. But those pipes are gone because they're turning them into rockets. Yeah. So, so why keep even the money to get water if it's just turning into rockets? Yeah. EU came in with tens of, I think it was tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars oh, for dear, water yeah. infrastructure. They laid down all of these metal water pipes. And after all those workers left, Hamas went in, dug them up, and turned them into rockets. And we'll play this video showing that process. It's uh, actually you. You kind of. I don't want to. I don't want to make the the uh, Donald Trump mistake of of letting people clip this up to say like I support Hamas. The ingenuity that it takes to do this. Th- this isn't like this isn't like fighters in a cave they they have worked this out and there's part of this video if if this is the right video shows divers going into the water and picking up warheads from rockets that might have fallen into the into the into the sea let's go ahead and play this um uh no where did this go it just looks so well funded it just looks so well produced it's scary i mean the the value, the money in it, yeah. it just kind of blows my mind. Like, where are they getting the support from to make these kind of things, Max? You know what I mean? All that aid they're getting. No, they're, they're literally digging up the water pipes. Digging up the water pipes, they are now cutting them, and they're filling them with gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Cutting them on a bandsaw that you kind of use for piping yeah loading it up they're putting them into the launchers that they've just yeah. dug into the ground and they're, and they're pretty much underground they have their own little drones they got they're those are diving into the ocean to recover yeah. what looks like warheads yeah and now they're showing their supplies and there they go this is just one small operation right yeah Why are they putting identification marks like they're tracking the inventory? So that's it. Can that be? Catchy, catchy music. Good transitions, right? Um, These are dumb rockets. These are not, these are designed to be dumb rockets because they literally don't care where it goes. They arm it into the center of a city and they don't care what it hits because it's going to hit something. And so they're dumb rockets. They're they're not guided munitions in any way, shape, or form. And they have very small warheads. They don't do a ton of damage, but they do enough damage that you you if they hit the right areas, they could kill people very easily. Um, I don't know. I I saw that earlier as you did, and it was mm-hmm. um it was surprising because we're always told. They made such a big deal out of Israel shutting off the water. Now you know why they don't have water infrastructure themselves. Because they're literally using them to fire rockets at Israel. And mm-hmm. us idiots keep putting in new pipes. How and stupid is that? It, it, it doesn't make any... It's the most asinine thing one could imagine. I mean, it's just giving them the ability to, to wage... This isn't war. This is terrorism, Max. This is just a fear weapon. That's what those yeah. rockets mostly are. They're it's fear. You know, they're, they're they're dealing in that, and that's that's how they're fighting with the weapons they have, right? And it's it's been effective. I mean, it it has to, it, when it wants to sow tear, our terror because people 
people change the way they do things on a day-to-day basis when that kind of stuff shows up, right? And then that's, I think it was a post I saw from you, I think it was today, it was that you were just relying, saying or relating to people that if you let the terrorism work, it works, right? It, yeah. You are being terrorized if you yeah. give into it, right? Yeah. Terrorism yeah. is to yeah. terrorize you. And yeah. if you change your way of life significantly in response to this day of rage, then you have been terrorized, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, it's to try and do that enough to have a political outcome. But mm-hmm. a political outcome could be as simple as hurting the economy. Like you've scared everyone from going out and going shopping. That has an economic impact, right? Mm-hmm. So there, you can't let them it, – it, it almost sounds cliche, don't let the terrorists win. But you can't divert from your way of life too much because then it works. And mm-hmm. all it takes is, is – uh, all it takes is a few people to do that, and it has an impact. Um, now, that isn't to say – don't keep your head on a swivel. What I've been telling everyone, people are chirping at me like, oh, don't you know there's a real terror threat? That's fine. Carry a firearm like you should every day, right? Yeah. Act every day like you live in a world of threats because, surprise, you do. Felt like Joe Biden grows the economy. <laughs> he hurts everyone. Hurts no one. Um, carry every day. Like your life depends on it because your life does depend on it every day. You'll never know when it happens. So yeah, this is a day of rage and we're going to show some of the things that have been happening worldwide. Heartbreaking things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had someone text me today. Did you know that they caught, tell me, do you know they caught two Lebanese men at the border? Yeah. They capture Middle Eastern men every day almost. For several years now, since the Biden administration has taken office. Yeah. The Border Patrol calls them exotics. They used to call them other than Mexicans. Yeah. Which is a funny way. But then that also included like Central and South Americans. So now they call these Asian, African, Europeans that show up at the border exotics. They shouldn't be there. But they are because they know that they can get in. And the question is, how many of these sleeper kind of people, whether they be sleeper cells in the official term that they have their orders and they're waiting, or they're just radicalized to the point where something can make them snap and and launch an attack, sure. how many of these potential sleepers are in this country because of our porous border? And it's a terrifying, it's a terrifying thought. Max. What's even more terrifying is once they got over the border, they usually lost most of these people. Yeah. So we don't know where they went. Do you realize the amount of catch-up we would have to do if they all decided to activate? Yeah. Right? Now our boys and girls would be able to pull that off. I know they would. But it's going to come at a price. And that's price, that blood, if that happens, which I pray it does not, would be on the Biden administration's hands. It just would be. Right? They have They've let this happen without yeah. doing anything about it. Mayorkas, how many times did he say the border was secure? Oh, yeah. Border, border is operationally secure. What, what does that Completely even freaking mean from him? That there's 8 million we don't knows out there. 8 million we don't knows. Yeah. And, you know, when people wanted to do something about it, they were deemed racist, bigoted hateful, anti-anything, right? Yeah. We just didn't want the bad hombres coming in over the border, y'all. I just I just wish that the, the FBI was as, was as uh, enthusiastic about dealing with that threat as they are at surveilling and arresting conservatives. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if we had an FBI that wasn't trying to invent invent this agave right the anti-government um anti-authority violent extremists imagine if they actually were looking at the real extremists Mm -hmm. it's it's so frustrating before we get too far yes we we have the potential for these people to be in the united states whether they be bona fide sleepers or just radicals who are who could be spurred into taking action by these calls from 
um, clerics around the world calling for a day of jihad. The other side of that coin is that there's a lot of good old boys, veterans in this country, who would love, who strange enough, would love for that to happen because then they could take care of business. Our old colleague, friend, John Tig Tigan, Benghazi hero, Colorado resident, he put out a video today. And I want to I want to show that because he is basically expressing what I just said that mm-hmm. looking forward to the opportunity to take care of business if if these attacks actually do materialize. Here's here's the video that Take put out. So I guess today's the whole jihad day. Um I look forward to it, you know. You know, I won't be putting warheads on foreheads, but I'll be putting lead to the dead. Um, but you know, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, I wish you all the best, you know, cause you know, we, there's tens of hundreds of thousands of us that have been waiting for you to do this here and here in our, in our lovely country. Um, yeah. And we just can't wait. We're, we're stoked, man. We are stoked that you're finally going to have the, uh, the goat nads to, uh, finally do something. Uh, we look forward to it. See y'all soon. All of the, Woo! All the catchphrases, the goat nads. Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> they like to uh, have relations with goats. The warheads on foreheads, the yeah. lead and the dead. He's. You could tell that he. This isn't just. He's been think. He's been thinking about this. He yeah. has the. He has the the catchphrases already. Yeah. Um. And, and that's the kind of thing, right? You, just because the war has ended doesn't mean that America has lost her defenders. They're here at home, yeah. and which is uh, exactly the opposite of what the Biden administration wants. The Biden administration does not want people like Tig no. armed in society, protect society. They would much rather us leave it to the, uh, the official law enforcement who mm. are too busy investigating us to actually do anything um but i saw it and i want to show it to you because obviously that's right in your neck of the woods i uh i believe him i believe him i I, take, I believe him too okay i believe him yeah i believe him. I, I, I i enjoyed that one um yeah yeah well thank god there's there's people like him and some of the other people out there that have done the work for us out here that are at home we need you we need you more than ever. We really, really do. So, you know, you're free to organize any way you want to, guys out there. You know what I mean? Well, they call him a militia organizer. That's they've what happens. He organizes. Yeah, he's got, called him a lot of things. Um, well, did you see what the View? Our, 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 the lovely ladies at the View. Did you see what they said? You can watch them today. No, let's go. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. But the the clips out there, yeah. they likened Hamas to the Proud Boys. And since we, again, we used to work with, I don't know if he was an official Proud Boy, but he was definitely in the mix, uh, Jake. Yeah. Um, he, he, he didn't strike me as, as a terrorist who would go beheading, Not burning alive children, yeah. uh, shooting up entire families. Here's what The View said. And say something? No, I just, I, you know, I, I look at this from a legal perspective, and I think that we all know that Hamas has been designated uh, a terror organization, just like many other terror organizations have had this designation, like the Proud Boys here in the United States. Um, like the Proud Boys here in the United States. The history of the Proud Boys, it started as a drinking club, a men's social club, where men could get together and do manly things. Like drink, tell stories, talk smoke about cigars. Sports. Yeah, smoke cigars, all that that kind of stuff. And those those people that were in that club ended up getting involved, fighting back against leftist organizations like Antifa. And all of a sudden, it, it kind of gets spun up by the media as in, oh, this is a terrorist organization, which mm-hmm. is nonsense. It's mm-hmm. absolutely nonsense to to say that Gavin McGinnis is is akin to. A Hamas terrorist is insanity. It's not even close to being comparable, right? 
it's not even close. He doesn't. There's no beheadings of kids on his no. side. I mean, most of those guys loved America, love America deeply. Yeah. If you were to ask each one of them, do they love America deeply? I know Jake loves America deeply. Oh, yeah, no, know. never had any doubt about that. No, and yeah. if you actually look what happens in these, for lack of a better word, scuffles between like the Proud Boys and leftist Antifa types. Most of the time, it's like mutual combat where they're yeah. both like showing up. Right, ready and, to go. And, and ready to fight with each other. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it, it's like a Gangs of New York kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. like they, they literally both show up because they know they're going to get in a fight. Yeah. Right? So that is nothing like Hamas terrorists paragliding into a dance festival in the desert and yeah. killing over 200 people. That's nothing. But you see how they're conditioning people to believe this. Like, they can't even admit that Hamas is a terrorist organization. They have to put it in terms of they're terrorists. But we have terrorists here, too, like insert conservative group here. Right? I mean, th that's basically what they said. If you ask that woman, does she have a problem with the fact that the FBI seems more concerned with Americans than they do the threat posed by jihadists, she would say, no, the Americans that they're looking at, the conservatives are just as bad. Just as bad. It's such a load of horseshit. I mean, like, why are they still pushing that crazy propaganda narrative? It's not comparable. They're not the same thing. So why would you say those things? What's the motivation to do such a thing? To keep de demonizing your political enemies before an election? Yeah, I don't know. That's the only thing that I would think that would be the that would make the most sense. Well, but, they do it because it works. Yeah, right. They do it because it works. They know it's going to work, so that's why they do it. Let me see if I can pull it up. The uh, what the DeSantis can't put out. I, I've had about enough of Ron Rock. DeSantis, yeah. and it has nothing to do with the fact that he's secretly wearing high heels and doesn't want anyone to know about it. Is he um, short? He's, he's below average. Really? Um, and I'm sure someone told him that you're more electable if you're taller. I'm sure they looked at some study that says most presidents yeah. have been tall. Um, he's wearing heels. I'll, I'll pull that up. But before, uh, you haven't seen it? Let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> I learned so heels. much today. Here is the, uh, the video that they put out from the DeSantis war room. Uh, let me roll from the beginning of Trump. Trump rally supporters in Florida. Where's that audio? I won't play the whole thing, but this is what they put out. While Israel's in the middle of a war, Donald Trump has spent the last 24 hours slamming Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu and Israeli leadership and calling Hezbollah terrorists very smart. Who's They're trying so to brand him as a Hezbollah supporter. Now, if yeah. you've ever... Donald Trump is many things. Yeah. And there's many things that you wish Donald Trump wasn't. But he is not a Hezbollah supporter. He has a Jewish uh, uh, daughter, yeah. a Jewish son-in-law. He has Jewish grandkids. He is not a Hamas supporter. Of all the things he is, he is not a Hamas supporter. What he no. said was he's retelling the story of Israeli officials publicly saying, do not invade at this point. Better yeah. not invade. And saying, Hezbollah is smart. They hear that and say, oh, we should invade there. Right? It's, it's not support to recognize that your enemy has a tactical awareness. Yeah. Like, that's not bad. He's, he's, he's evaluating. In his mind, everything is, is has has an attribute right and they are smart because he's like they will figure out what to do to come at you he like comes from their perspective on it because he's that ultimate salesman right he he knows what the enemy's up to so he's like if they're going to do something they're going to be very smart about it and it's just a yeah. word twist right he, he he's only saying that you've got to be careful because they're going to know what to do to you i mean how many times do you think he 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 did it with Putin, right? He called him a pretty bright guy, right? He knows, yeah, because he jumps in from his perspective. It's it's just how he evaluates people. It's how he evaluates situations and attributes to 
particular situation. It's, it's actually pretty smart because it shows you that he doesn't um, take anything for granted and he doesn't undervalue them in, in yeah. something they might be able to do, right? He knows everybody can beat you any time of the day for any reason. But he's smart enough to be able to do that, right? And to try to change what he does to match that or defeat you in some way. You know what I mean? Or make the set without a bet. Donald Trump, Donald Trump's greatest, one of his greatest strengths and also one of his greatest weaknesses is that he holds grudges. And um, he has not had the kindest of words for Benjamin Netanyahu, but he still holds a grudge against Netanyahu because on election night in 2020, while ballots were still being counted, before anything had been certified, Netanyahu went to Twitter and congratulated Joe Biden. Like, like we yeah. were all, we were awake, right? Yeah. Donald Trump was still winning. And, and there were, there were legitimate questions about troughs of ballots that were counted in the middle of the night. Benjamin Netanyahu saw the projections and congratulated Biden before the votes had been counted and before he had been certified the winner. Yeah. And so yeah. Trump, Trump has told other people in conservative media that he will never forgive Netanyahu for doing that. After everything Trump did for Israel, moving the embassy back to Jerusalem, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the Abraham Accords, bringing Israel and the Arab states together to try and normalize relations. Um, after everything Trump did for Israel, he felt it was a stab in the back for Netanyahu to congratulate Biden before he had even been certified the winner, before all the votes yeah. had been counted. It took days to count those votes. Yeah, Remember, like Pennsylvania didn't go for days. Michigan didn't go for days. It's a disaster, yeah. So that's kind of what's behind Trump. But we're seeing all of these, like DeSantis put that out, actually branding Trump as a Hezbollah supporter. It's insanity. And then you had Biden, Biden, not, not Biden, because he doesn't, he couldn't tweet himself out of a paper bag. His handlers from his account then tweeted like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ron DeSantis is right. And then you have Mike Pence, blaming Donald Trump for the Hamas terror attack. That's insanity. Mike Pence saying, like, of course you have Hamas doing this. This is what happens when you have people like Donald Trump running for president, arguing that America remove itself from the world stage. It's disgusting. Yeah. How many times does that word keep coming up today? Everything's gross and disgusting. But like... I have a I have a MAGA hat signed by by Mike Pence. I I, I want to burn it. I thought one day, okay, this will be valuable one day. No, no one's gonna buy a Make America Great Again hat with Mike Pence's signature right. on it. Uh, that's it's worthless. I don't know. Maybe um, we should do a contest where you know if we raise enough dollars for somebody, we can we'll burn it. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, we'll think about that one. Yeah, burn for charity. Um, he does. He he holds on to those grudges, man. If he feels like he's slighted from you, he'll he'll always remind you. Now, like the 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 circumstances in Israel, obviously he would put that aside. But yeah, he he holds his grudge. He loyalty is everything with Trump. Loyalty yeah. is everything. And I, I know I get it. You know, you always want people loyal. Some to of cause. it's fair. Some yeah. of it's unfair. Right. Yeah. When you put a judge in a judgeship, you vet them to know what they think. But they don't owe you anything. Like, that's a terrible system to live in where, I mean, we we, we know what happens, right? When you see a case is before an Obama judge, you know what the result's going to be. But that's not a commitment that they have to Obama. That's the philosophy that they have hold themselves. That that he just picked lefty, lefty leftists, right? Um, It's not that they, he picked people who are, uh, have sworn an oath of allegiance to Barack Hussein Obama himself. No. So, like, I, I get it. The 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 loyalty aspect of it. Like, he goes against... Um, uh, he goes against McEnany all the time. Yeah. And, like, sh- she, was your, she was his press secretary. Mm-hmm. But he is not... She's not on his payroll. Right? So, like, when you hire a political advisor and you don't keep paying them... They might go work for someone else, right? Yeah. It's yeah. what is what are they supposed to do if you don't want to keep them on the payroll? They never have a job in conservative politics again. Like 
You know what I mean? So yeah, the, yeah, loyalty, yeah, the loyalty, he it stretches too far sometimes. Yeah. Um, but listen, yeah, if, right. if, you, if you've been screwed over as much as Trump has in the last two years, you'd, yeah. and you and you see what people who were loyal to him have have come out and done and said about yeah. him, I'd I'd be pissed too. Yeah, I'd go scorched earth, right? At least politically in the realm on that. Sorry, man, I was looking over and I was realizing the amount of people who had just taken to the streets in London for a lot of those. those oh, do you have that? Why don't you, you throw it up on the screen? Yeah, let me see if I can put this up here. Just make sure that there's no uh, tabs up here. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll remind everyone, if you want to help support the show, link is in the description. Go to prepsos.com. Use promo code MAX for all of your prepper kind of emergency preparedness supplies um use promo code max to get five percent off and we will get a portion of those proceeds to help us grow out this show so again that's prepsos.com promo code max get five percent to help support the show so here is the streets of london i mean this is just i don't know where the street is at but it, it's filled with people up and down calling for some pretty awful things like Damn. some of the things being said in these crowds are so anti-semitic i mean these are people that are saying that they don't want this and if there's they're showing up in those numbers i mean that's that's terrible you know it's terrifying right imagine being jewish and living in one of those apartments looking down wondering if they're going to storm the building and drag you out into the street yeah you just don't know there's, they've been called to do something right and there may be fanatics amongst them that that start violence in other places and here in America, we've at least got an opportunity to, to to protect ourselves because of the Second Amendment. You know, imagine living in London where you can't even have a knife and people are going to find homemade machetes to come after you with. Because that's yeah. what happens in Great Britain. If they don't get guns, gang, they get blades and they get hammers and they get they get screwdrivers, right? And then you want to talk about you, a level you saw of what, brutality. You, you saw what Henry Kissinger said, right? Oh, why did... Oh. It blew um, my mind. Henry yeah. Kissinger came out. Let me see if I can present my screen. Um, that was a wild man. Like duh. he came out we and did. said, yeah. uh, Germany let in too many foreigners." And to to hear that admission from Henry K Kissinger, who um, lots of opinions about him, right? Yeah, lots of opinions about him. But to admit what they have refused to admit for years that when you bring so many people into the country who do not share the same values, do not shame, same the share, same culture, I'm all for a multicultural experience, right? But when you bring in so many people that you feel like you're in a different country, mm -hmm. and then to hear that this day of jihad come out and realize, oh my goodness, we are surrounded by people who could potentially be heeding that call. Um, it, it I I can understand why why he and others would be terrified, be terrified over that. One of the things I've said ever since we've done this show is whose country is it? If you're letting a bunch of people coming over your border, and they take over, whose country is it? It's only yours if you can hold on to it. Our republic is very fragile, and it's more fragile than ever. I mean, it, it we're just streets filling up with people that want to do bad things away from disrupting the wonderful life we've built here i like being able to go to work every day without wearing bulletproof vest or fighting in the streets i like my running water i like my electricity i like generally being around people and smiling and enjoying shopping at stores and restaurants but if all of that comes it turns into a third world country it turns into a violent place that you will live there will be things happening in american streets that you would never thought were possible and yeah. it's all been brought over the border yeah no it's i i saw i'm saying i was seeing if i can uh find it but the police in the uk put out an alert that said we know they are gathering and we are responding understanding that this could become a security situation yeah if the government is admitting that they've brought people into the country who could potentially create a security situation because they're out in the streets in support of a terrorist organization. That is as clear evidence that you could possibly have that they have no business being in that country. Sorry. Like, 
how how committed are they to this multicultural experience that they won't just admit what's playing as day right in front of them? Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. But we are starting to see um, some British uh, PM, some British uh, officials in their government starting to admit that this experience, experiment with multiculturalism is a failure. And it's, it's, it's eroding the British identity. And it's all built on liberal ideals. You have to do this. You have to let people in. If you don't do it, you're a bigot. You have to accept them in the places you live. If you don't do it, you're racist. You have to let them get into the universities and have their groups and say the things they want to, right? And then this is the result of it. I mean, this is what it really shows is those who are in charge of allowing those people to come in the border had no business being in the position they were in. Yeah. Because if they were actually doing their jobs, we would, the government and the UK wouldn't have to put a tweet out that says, this might be a problem. Really, yeah. a little too late, right? And the, the enemy is on your doorstep. It's, go- it's government, but it's also media. Oh, yeah. Did you have a chance to see um, what uh, Greenblatt, the head of the ADL, did you have a chance to see mm-hmm. his comments on MSNBC? No. He went up against um, the Reverend Al Sharpton. Oh, and he, listen, I, I don't support the ADL. The ADL has been weaponized against conservatives. Yeah. The a- ADL has been used to brand conservatives as white supremacists and Nazis simply because of conservative political beliefs, right? They are yeah. quite literally inventing white supremacists that do not otherwise exist. Yeah. It has been remarkable, though, to see the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, an organization created to stop Jew hatred figure out how to exist during a period of very real Jew hatred that the media is ignoring and covering up. And that's what he talks about in this clip. Let me go ahead and and, uh, put it up on my screen. I just pushed the wrong button. Here it is. Here's the clip. Wow. Oh, Oh. Oh. Oh, Oh, it's magic. I don't know. Can I get busted for that singing that? Probably throw us off the air. All right. Oh, it's it's. Glitchy. I blame the buffering. It's got the. the there we go. Bringing this morning, Jonathan. Hear this one. Um, tell us if you will just okay. what these last few days have have been like for you and why it's so important that you are appearing here today with the Reverend Sharpton. Well, so I will be honest and maybe a little more vulnerable than I normally would be. These have been some of the hardest days of my adult life. I don't ever remember a moment like this. Um, I have family in Israel right now under siege and being deployed to the front lines. I have staff who can't locate their family. I have friends who are gone. Um, And I think Ambassador Danone put it well in a context that Americans can understand 9-11, the evil that was perpetrated here. But the scale, Jonathan, the right comparison is Nagasaki. This was like an atomic bomb. And as 40,000 people were killed in Japan when they dropped that bomb in Nagasaki, so too were the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people who were killed in Israel. And so while I am sad and cope, trying to cope, I'll be honest, I am angry. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show. And I love this network, but I've got to ask who is writing the scripts? Hamas, the people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera. They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, who kills children in front of their parents. And then brings them over to Gaza, who literally, we've heard all these reports, and we know these aren't just reports. These were filmed gleefully by the barbarians who committed these grotesque crimes. They filmed, for example, an elderly woman in her home in one of these towns. They burned her alive in her house because she was too infirm to take out. And, you know, parading women bleeding from the crotch because they were raped throughout Gaza while people hoot and holler and cheer. So look, 
You know, when we say, oh, this was an escalation, it was bound to happen. I am sorry. This was a massacre that was preplanned. This was not destined to happen. It is not normal to shoot teenagers in the back, hundreds of them. So I just think, like, guys, get the story right. And all these pictures of, like, you know, missiles or the rubble in Gaza, please talk to the Israeli mothers and fathers who lost their children. Talk to the grandchildren whose grandparents were seized as hostages. And please stop calling this a retaliation. This is a defensive measure against an organization that is committed to one thing, killing Jews, not a peaceful resolution of a conflict, but murdering Jews. And if you're wondering if I'm exaggerating, please, I beg of you, everyone watching and everyone at this network, just watch the footage. Want to play that in its entirety because ADL, not an ally of conservatives whatsoever. But you can see the rage there that he is surrounded by people both on camera and off camera who are doing everything they can to try and uh, massage the language a bit. And we see it. They call, oh, gunmen ran into the, the village. No, they're terrorists. Like militants. Well, no, they're not militants. They're terrorists. Um, what do you think of that, Josh? I think his statement, he said, whoever is writing these narratives, stop. Right? Which just tells you that even he, he works in the system. He's seen it. He knows that there's a there's a media influence happening on this. And for what outcome, I don't know. It's, it's propaganda, right? And that, that, that's what's going on. And that liberal organization, maybe that liberal news organization doesn't want to have to admit that the stuff they've supported for so long led to stuff like this, right? Liberal ideology of letting ter- like people into your country and stuff like that. It, I, it just proves that maybe most of the media we watch isn't news, but a, a, a propaganda cycle. Oh, it is. Imagine if after 9-11, instead of covering Ground Zero, all of the news cameras were covering the caves in the villages in Afghanistan that yeah. were suffering bombings, right? And, and all the news was, oh, look at what's happening to these villagers. Legitimate stories, right? Mm-hmm. And without doubt, victims of, though I, I think the United States did a, a better job of avoiding collateral damage than Israel might be in this situation. But when you, when you have Hamas headquartering in a hospital and schools, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to take out terrorists and, and always minimize that. I just, I, I've never seen something like this. And it, you expect it from Al Jazeera, um, paid yeah. for by the government of what, Qatar? Um, yeah. You expect that. You expect that narrative. You don't was expect this, that from American news channels. Was that, who was that? MSNBC? What were yeah, they on? It was MSNBC. Yeah, man, that's, and that is a, just a liberal news outlet. And when, you know, how long can that facade of, of, in, non uh, impropriety stay there right they, they're they're very one-sided and you can see it now in a, in a coverage that just there's a terrorist there was an attack out there a, a bloody genocide and yeah. to try to spin it is just as gross as the act right yeah. that's what it is it was just a genocide it would... i still can't believe how the media the left spent the last five years calling conservatives nazis conservatives yeah. white supremacists that the term has just been so loose it was so easy to come off yeah. their tongue right yeah. they're calling everyone and their mother white supremacists and nazis but now when you actually have a terrorist organization that is dedicated to the eradication of the jewish people wherever mm-hmm. they can be found you have protesters showing up to these palestinian rallies holding up their phones with the nazi swastika on it chanting death to the Jews, death to the Jews, to see those same political pundits who had just a couple weeks earlier thrown around Nazi like it was, like they, like they were getting paid every time they used the term. Sure. To see them clam up 
like a Jerry Nadler walking off stage. <sniffs> Tighten up. And just stop. Just stop. I think that's the the anger from the ADL. And listen, he's no ally because he was the he's part of the problem of calling yeah. everyone a Nazi. And the problem is when you water down that term the way they've done for years, when everyone's a Nazi, it's the boy who cried wolf scenario. Yeah. When you've desensitized everyone to the term and you made them not believe you when you say it, it's harder to point out when you actually do find bona fide Nazis. Yeah. White supremacists. Well, not white supremacists, but anti-Jew violence. Anti-Jews, yeah. Wow. That's my take, at least. Yeah. That was we, 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 we had we had a clip I decided not to show it of a man getting stabbed outside of a Jewish embassy I don't think we should show that I feel yeah. like that's uh I was gonna show it it's in it's in the uh the, the picture is in the little thumbnail for the video I don't want to show it it's available on the internet you can see it um, but there are attacks happening there was an attack in France a, a second foiled attack in France. There was a mob trying to go in Jordan to the Israel uh, Israeli border. They were stopped with uh, tear gas. It's getting froggy out there. Um, yeah. Josh, before we wrap up, as a self-defense teacher mm -hmm. trained in the arts of Krav Maga and firearm handling, mm -hmm. what would your advice be to people? Over the next, uh, for the for every day, but especially <laughs> over the next couple days, what would yeah. your advice be for people who already are comfortable carrying a firearm, um, or not? What would your advice be yeah. for them? Well, first thing is I'd make sure that your eyes are up, so don't get stuck in your phone. Now is not the time to be walking around outside with your face in your phone. Second, if you're uh, in a place where there's lots of people. Be mindful of those around you. So watch out for that and look, look for their movements, you know, look for a 45 degree angle. If somebody's got their arm behind them and your arm comes out at a 45 degree angle, that just means that they've reached for something. I don't know what that is, right? That's why you have to make choices. That's why in self-defense we make, we make, make choices and hopefully it's nothing bad. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just scratching, maybe they're itching, but you've got to use your mind, your eyes and your brain and know that you've got to pay attention. So don't, just pay attention. That's number one. Two, make sure you know how to carry your firearm and how to hold on to it and how to hide it until you really need it. Yeah. Right. Remember, cover is valuable, but movement is life. Friend of the show, Mandy, just said in the comment section on YouTube, great show. She's bringing her girls to a concert. Venue holds 17,000 people. No carry allowed there. Um, I would recommend that you know where the exits are at all times. Yeah. That's yeah. just good advice anytime you're going into a big venue like that because yeah. chances are if something happens in a venue like that, it's not going to be the actual violence that hurts or kills people. It'll be the stampede right. of, of everyone trying to get through the same single door. So oh, yeah. pay attention to your entrances and exits. Pay yeah. attention to where security guards are mm -hmm. and are not. Um, and just just be alert. Chances are nothing will happen. Right? Body language is everything. Yeah. Chances are nothing will happen, but no one ever died from being too prepared. Or vigilant. No one, yeah, or, yeah, or too vigilant. Yeah. Yeah, just be careful out there, gang. You know, pay attention. You're saying they shouldn't counter-protest the Palestinian marches? It's not recommended? I will not. I'm not a, <laughs> I can't tell you Josh. what you do. I can't tell you what to do, but I can say that, you know, you, you can quickly go from being the good guy yeah. to the bad guy. In one moment. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Yeah. I would also recommend it. If you don't carry or you're not comfortable carrying, now is as good a time as ever to go to the shooting range and learn how to safely and effectively operate a handgun. If you live in a state that is permitless carry, constitutional carry, as long as you legally own the gun, you can legally carry the gun. Every state in the country now must allow you to have a concealed carry permit. Some states make it harder to apply, but there's no such thing as a May issue state anymore, thanks to the Supreme Court. Now is as good of a time as ever to go and start that process. The best time would have been a couple months ago. Second best time is right now. Yeah. Because it's 
gonna get worse before it gets better. And this isn't the last time we'll be talking about something like this. I guarantee it. I guarantee, guarantee it. Anything else, Josh, before we wrap up? No, just uh, pay attention. Make sure everybody stays safe and have a plan. Have a plan. Have a plan. Have a plan. Plan, plan, plan. Well, that's it for this edition of the Right Guys Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. All those links are in the description. I say it every time, but I'm going to say it again. We go live on YouTube and Rumble. Always on Rumble. YouTube when we can based on the topic. But So subscribe to those. And then we also have the audio edition of the podcast. That's great. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and Podbean. I'm starting to remember the order. I got them right. Um, Those links are in the description. Super easy. If you have a commute or you drive, um, you can just have that auto download. Listen to us in the car. Um, We try and make sure that this is a good audio podcast. Had a little bit of dead air, which I'll edit out in, uh, in post for the audio version, but We try to make this a podcast where you can relate to it just if you're listening to audio. So do check that out. And it helps us prove the numbers because those are the numbers that advertisers care about. Check all those links in the description for different ways you can support support the show. That's it for this edition. My name is Max McGuire. And I'm Josh Hammerling. And remember that the fight to take back the country is not over yet. The only way we win is if we all win together. Masalama.